Good morning. Welcome to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. It's great to be in the studio live this morning. My guest is Deidre Brown. You may have heard or seen her name in the news lately from either her write-in candidacy for the Dubois Area School Board or by co-founding a group called the Dubois Area Families for Freedom. She's been attending a lot of school board meetings, and we're glad to have her here. When we return, we're going to ask her if she's a rebel or a troublemaker or if something else. When we return from this break, we'll ask her and get her thoughts about the Dubois Area School District. Each day in Pennsylvania, there's at least 15,000 children taken from their homes due to abuse or neglect. Foster parents provide homes to these needy children. Lifespan Family Services trains, supports, and compensates foster parents to address this problem. Call Lifespan Family Services today at 375-1314 or drop in at the Dubois Mall or at Lane Avenue in Punxsutawney. Lifespan Family Services, helping people help children every day. 375-1314. Welcome back. Contact on Connect FM is brought to you in part by our friends at Community County Services for local family-based mental health. I'm live with Deidre Brown. Deidre, welcome to the show. Thanks, Michael. I appreciate you having me on. Yes, it's great to have you here. Um, Contact is about asking questions about what's going on in our community, and so we're going to jump right in and ask you a bunch of questions (laughs) about the Dubois Area School District. So here we go. Some have said maybe... I think unfairly that you're a troublemaker, you're a rebel. It takes everything I know to not laugh at that, but I want to know, are you a troublemaker? Are you just causing trouble for the Dubois Area School Board? Well, I would like to say that I don't think I am, and I think most people who have known me all my life would probably also laugh at the idea of me being a rebel (laughs) or a troublemaker because that's just not known to be my reputation. Um, So if you know me well, you know that that is definitely not my personality and definitely not my goal of my involvement um, with the school district at all. Yeah, so we'll get to what what you want uh, by being involved, but... Can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Who is Deidre Brown? Sure. Yeah, I grew up in Dubois my whole life. Um, I attended Dubois Christian Schools and graduated there in 2010. Um, And then the only time I spent away from Dubois was when I was in college and I attended Liberty University in Virginia, um, where I earned a degree in human development psychology. Um, I came back home to Dubois because I just couldn't leave. It was a great place to come back to. Um, And I spent a few years working in a daycare uh, locally, and I also spent a few years teaching at Dubois Christian Schools at the high school level. Um, So I'm very homegrown, and I know the area well and know a lot of people here. Um, I've been married to my husband, Tim, for almost seven years, and we have two little boys, um, our oldest of which uh, currently attends DCS as well. Um, I've also gone to First Baptist Church in Dubois my whole life and have been involved there. Um, so I'm definitely no stranger to the area. That's a little bit about me. I'm also a stay-at-home mom. So, Well, that's great, and definitely no stranger to our hometown, no stranger to the classroom, right. no stranger to knowing what's going on in in education here. Right. Uh, what caused you to want to get really involved? I mean, you seem to be one of the most involved people. Um, I would m- beg to, to look at the facts of, like, Pre-COVID, I doubt too many people attended school board meetings, but (laughs) they became a popular thing to look into, not just locally, but across the nation. Right. That's right. Um, I don't know that I was really anticipating getting as involved as I did, um, but I think what happened was mama bear mode went into full effect. (laughs) Um, We saw, you know, some friends of of mine and um, some fellow parents, we just saw some things going on that we weren't really happy about, um, that we wanted to make sure we were involved in and we were 
aware of what was happening and that our voices were heard. Um, and so a particular fellow mom friend of mine, Megan Hess, uh, she and I one day just kind of said, you know, we, we've had a, enough of all of this and we need to step in and be involved. And um, so that's when we kind of gathered together and created our Dubois Area Families for Freedom page and kind of started collecting fellow fellow parents and uh, community members who felt the same way so we could gather our thoughts, um, see what concerns everybody had, and kind of go on from there. Um, I definitely didn't think it would spiral into what it is today, and I would still be <laughs> so involved and active, but I'm glad that I am, and it's kind of helped to keep other parents connected as well. Um, but yeah, our goal definitely isn't there to, we're not there to cause trouble. Um, our idea is to be there to make sure that parents' concerns are heard, um, that they're being represented well. Um, and really, we're just looking for the district to be really transparent with parents about the things that are going on. And um, we also believe that we have a responsibility as a community to hold our school board and our school district accountable for the decisions that they're making for our children. Uh, for sure. Uh, accountability and transparency are big words. I think uh, during COVID, we found out that even local governments and local entities right. need to be accountable, need Absolutely. to be transparent to the people. But what issue really caused you to jump in there? It seems like some people may have um, misnamed you as only being concerned about masks, the mask <laughs> right. mandate, right? Yeah, that was definitely the biggest trigger, I think, um, that got us most involved. It, it really happened back in uh, September of 2021 um, when Governor Wolf came along and said he was going to be putting mask mandates back into the classrooms. And at that point, we had seen our kids go through so much back and forth of you need to wear masks, you don't need to wear masks. And it was just a lot of whiplash to the families and parents were tired of there basically being no choice. And I think that's where a lot of the confusion comes down to. It's not that we're necessarily anti-masks. It's just that we think that parents should have the opportunity to make that choice for their children. So if you wanted to choose to put a mask on your child and send them to school, then that's fine. Um, but that meant we should also have just as equal of a choice to not put a mask on our child and send them to school. So are we standing around wanting to, to burn masks and rip them off of your child's face? No, not at all. We just believe in choice. So you just believe in choice. And it seems like, again, prior to COVID, that you had that choice. And right. it seemed like nobody had a choice this time. Right. Is that how you feel? I mean... Yeah. I mean, things have definitely changed now as compared to like the last several months, you know, even the beginning of the school year. Um, I think making our voices heard was a big deal, um, not just at the school board level, but also on our state and national level. Obviously, we weren't the only parents in the country doing this type of thing, showing up to our school boards <clears throat> and telling them how we felt about things. Um, and so I think now we're seeing that some of that choice is coming back. Um, we will see how it progresses later on if things start to change again. Um, but yeah, we've we've been through a lot here in the last few months of trying to make sure we take a stand for our, our rights as parents. Absolutely. So I've got lots of questions and it goes by fast, but maybe you can tell us uh, what other issues you're concerned about. There was, uh, you ran for school board as a mm -hmm. write-in, um, fell short in that bid, mm -hmm. sought to get uh, a spot on the, get appointed to the school board, but they didn't vote for you. Right. Uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. It was an interesting process. We did run a writing campaign, um, myself and Steve Russo and Brooke Parada and Kent Smith. Um, and we all did really well, but we knew going into it that a writing campaign is incredibly difficult <laughs> and the chances of being successful in that are very rare. So we knew that, but we wanted it to be a time that we at least made it known that um, parents had an opportunity to choose somebody else. And um, so we were happy to do that, even though we fell short. I did have the opportunity then to 
um, apply or um, interview for a spot on the school board, um, which was a really interesting process. And I appreciated getting to go through that and see what it is they look for in a school board member. Um, <clears throat> I did think it was interesting. I was able to come in and present um, a petition from local parents asking that I be appointed to the school board. I also had approximately 400 write-in votes from my write-in campaign and on election day. Um, so I came in with, you know, the knowledge that this is somebody that uh, the local people would be happy to have sitting on the board. So I thought that maybe that would be working in my favor. However, they did not um, choose me. They did choose somebody who had previously been on the board, um, but decided to not run for re-election. Um, so some of those decisions were confusing to me. However, um, I saw it as a win-win opportunity for me because whether or not I would be on the board or, or not, either way, I would still be fighting for parents and making sure that our concerns were heard. Right. I saw a story. It seemed like three people were three people had applied. The decision to appoint not a new person, but a person who had already been on the board but didn't run for re-election. Correct. Yes. Uh, kind of confused me a little bit, but uh, I know you attend these meetings. So did yes. you learn anything through that process? Is there a reason why they went back to the old member or just because? I'm not really sure. My guess would be it, be, it would be, have to do with a comfort level of somebody who already knew uh, the ins and outs of the board, maybe not wanting to bring somebody in and show them the ropes. It was easier to just kind of stick with the status quo. Well, and that they did, right? Yes, so they did. That is done. Um, what else can you tell us? Uh, what are you concerned about? I think some people, we joked, uh, you're a book burner. <laughs> I don't think you are, but there was a story about a book. Do you want to tell us about the book sure. and the library and how all that has, how, how excuse me, how <laughs> all that works? Sure, yes. Um, we did find there were some books, particularly in the middle school, um, that concerned us, uh, that were being made available to kids. And, and yes, I think I did get given the label of being a book burner. <laughs> but I would like to set the record straight that I don't believe in book burning whatsoever. I, I believe in freedom of speech. And uh, there is a right to have those books available. And that is fine. Um, I think the problem lies in allowing children to just have free access to them um, without any parental knowledge. And so to see some of the materials that were being allowed to be provided to children in the middle school, um, which reaches ages as low as age 10, um, that was a concern. So some of these books that, you know, would be considered maybe like a rated R type material, but a 10-year-old could just check them out and take them and read them somewhere and send them back and mom and dad never knew what was going on. That's really what we were concerned about. Um, so the, the problem was more, hey, if you want to let those, let your kid read those kind of books, that's fine and that's your choice. But those of us who want to keep those books from our children for a particular reason, we also deserve just as many rights to say, hey, let's not just provide those kind of materials to our children, you know, willy-nilly. Uh, we did kind of question, you know, how do these books end up in the library? Is there a screening process for that? Um, and the type of answer we were given was that it is the librarian's responsibility to filter through the kind of material that's coming in um, to the schools, to which we just felt really terrible because we don't think that that should be the sole responsibility for one person. That's a lot to weigh on one person and a lot of things to filter through. Um, so in the future, I think we would like to see there be some sort of better process for filtering through materials and deciding um, what could stay in the schools and what's maybe not the best choice to be um, made available to everybody. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But uh, I just get this vision that, you know, Deidre Brown is running through the library <laughs> and that's just not the case, right? No, absolutely not. <laughs> All right. Well, how about uh, your critics? Some of your critics say, Deidre Brown, you know, your, your children don't even go to the Dubois Area School District, <laughs> Correct, uh, yes. the schools that fall under that system. Um, 
Your thoughts on that? Yes, my uh, currently just have one child who is of school age. He's in kindergarten this year, and he attends Dubois Christian Schools. Um, our youngest isn't quite ready for school yet, but yes. Um, so technically, he's not in the public school district, and I do know a lot of people have a lot of problems with my involvement just because my child attends a private school versus being in one of the public schools. Um, however, I would put out the reminder that if your taxes are going to the school district, then you have absolutely every right in the world to have a say in where what's happening. If your money goes there, then your money talks. (laughs) So even if you are a member of the community who's paying taxes, maybe you don't even have children, you've never had children, you still have just as much of a say of what happens in the public schools as anybody else does. Just the same as somebody who's paying taxes and has five kids currently in the public schools. Everybody has that same equal right if your money is going there. Yeah, I would agree. I I do not have children, um, but I think education is the most important thing in our community. Absolutely. I think it takes as School board member Charlie Watts said it takes the whole community to get involved, hold people accountable, ask them to be transparent, but also just be involved in making education a number one priority for our community. Our our whole community does better when education is at its finest. Right. And I think it's important, too, to have a lot of different opinions. We, we need the opinions of those who have maybe had children, already go through the district and have now, you know, grown and they now have their own families. We may need to see what their opinions are after seeing things the whole way through the system. And um, so it's good to just be able to gather a whole variety of opinions. And no, it doesn't really matter where your children attend school. No, I completely agree with that. Um, couple of issues that have come up that certainly you probably have thoughts on, and uh, I've read the Courier Express. I've seen your name in those articles. Uh, one was eSports. There yes. was a vote not too long ago uh, that was tied. Yes. And then somehow it got back on the agenda, and they passed it pretty overwhelmingly. It wasn't even right. close, right? It was right. like 6-3, if I remember. Yeah, I believe so. Um, do you want to speak into that? I know you follow that, and yeah. I think you have concerns over the money, where it's coming from as well. Sure. I mean, I have concerns just on the idea of it being video games alone, but that's a personal opinion, and everybody's entitled to that. You know, some people say video games are just horrible for you. Others have no problem allowing them in their home. That's one opinion. But yeah, I think the biggest concern um, for some of us parents in that is is seeing that the COVID relief money given out by the state and by the federal government is what's being used to purchase and fund this esports program. Um, and it just seems a little strange that something like that, where COVID relief money is supposed to be used to help schools remain open and safe during and after COVID and help recover um, learning loss from COVID, it's interesting to see that money instead being used to fund something like video games that can be played at school. Um, we're just not sure how we see that fitting into the correct category of recovering from COVID or staying open and safe. We would rather see that money be used for like, if kids need an after school mass tutoring program, or to evaluate, you know, where are these kids in their writing skills? Do we need to like add some more supplementary material so they can be ready to go to college? Um, that sort of thing, because really kids took a big hit during COVID and they missed a lot of material. Um, and that's something I think we can all recognize. So we would just really like to see those funds be focused on something much more productive to the education process, um, and not so much an esports program. Yeah, no, I think those are excellent points. Uh, I still go back to my interview of school board member Charlie Watt. Mm-hmm. Um, he talked about these COVID funds. I think it's around $13 million. Yeah. I think now they're about up to like $16.5 million now. $16.5 million. Yes. And we're trying to figure out how to spend it and where to spend it. And I understand all of that because when the government, you know, they literally just throw out this money. You do get time right. frames. You do get constraints. Right. 
I don't think Wendy Benton or the school board has an easy job trying to figure out where to put all that money. No, definitely. It's not easy at all. Um, But we do want to see that they are using it wisely and correctly. Um, And the state does lay out a lot of criteria that they have to follow um, in using those funds. And so we understand all of that, but we just want to make sure that parents also know um, where those funds are going and that they're being used appropriately. We've also seen some school districts where they've actually surveyed their parents to say, hey, where do you think uh, this money should go. What would be a best use of it? How would you see your child benefit from it? Um, and I think we would love to see something like that happen in our district, but I think at this point it's probably already too late and a lot of that money has already been allocated to where the board has decided it's going to go. Um, and so that's why we're kind of monitoring closely to see what's going to happen with it. Now, has that list been made public or available or do you just hear it when you're in the meeting and, <coughs> and you kind of take notes on that? or Yeah, there's usually things in the agenda that are listed. Um, it'll say if they are using ARP, ESSER funds um, on it, and that would be the COVID relief money. Um, it's usually labeled that way. Um, but to somebody just who is in the public and attending those meetings, that's kind of the only way you can find out where that money is going is when you get the agenda for that night and you see, oh, okay, so here's where they're using that. Um, and so for somebody like me, I may have a running tally going at home to see where those funds are going and what kind of total we're at. Um, But otherwise, there doesn't seem to be like a grand scheme budget that we're able to look at, um, at least if you're not on the inside, to know exactly where everything's going. And it may not be until everything has already been spent that we're able to see where it has all gone. And that goes to your transparency question, right? Right. We just want to know. Yeah, like we're not there to, you know, whack their knuckles with a stick or anything, but we ultimately that money will be coming from our pockets. And so I think we deserve the right to know what it's being used for. And because it's supposed to be benefiting our children, then we want to see how it's benefiting our children. Yeah, and I think that's a fair request. Um, I think government and entities uh, that are elected by the people should absolutely uh, you should get that piece of paper when you walk in. Right. I, I sit on boards, always given a piece of paper with the exact budget to the right. penny on it and know exactly where that money is going. And right. I appreciate your insight onto those me- into those meetings. I don't go to them, I'll be honest <laughs> with you, but I may have to attend one so That's I right. can check that out. It can be now quite you, insightful. <laughs> now you are encouraging people to attend though, right? And yes. ha- has attendance gone up? Um, it hasn't in general. It depends too. You know, people are busy. They have lives. And so sometimes attendance ebbs and flows depending on how busy everybody is. Um, at first we had probably a good 40 parents showing up to every meeting, um, to just see what was going on, to make their voices heard and whatnot. Um, and since then it's kind of dwindled down to a smaller number. Um, but as issues arise, you usually see more parents come and show up, but yes, I invite anybody, whether you're a parent or not to come and see, you know, just sit in and listen to see what they're doing, the kind of discussions they're having, um, where the money is going. It's really important to be involved in something like that. Now, when are these school board meetings? You probably know better than anyone. <laughs> yeah, they're usually on Thursday nights. They have a work session night and they have a regular board meeting night. Um, and their uh, their schedule for that is listed on the Dubois School District website so that you can see, I believe, the next meeting, which is a work session, is coming up on May 5th. Now, I have to ask because I think this is the perception of many in the community and people I've heard from, mm-hmm. uh, city council, Groups like that, it seems to be the perception that the deal's already done before you get there. Sure. Do, do you see that in the work session, or do you see it when you just show up to a regular meeting and there's the vote and it's done? <laughs> right. It is something that we've questioned um, from the time we started attending meetings. We just weren't seeing a lot of discussion or back and forth or anything between board members. Um, and that seemed concerning to us because it seemed like at some point we should be seeing them 
hash out the issues, that that's something that should be happening in public light, um, that there are even laws and regulations that say that those things should be made apparent to the public. Um, and we just don't see a lot of that. And it makes us kind of scratch our heads and wonder how they're getting all of this work done with so much agreement um, without actually seeing them discuss or hash things out um, in person. I would say that recently in the last uh, few months that there's been a little bit more discussions in the work session. There have been a few board members who are more willing to speak up and ask the difficult questions um, and raise issues, which we think is really wonderful. We like seeing that. Um, but there still seems to be some opposition where some board members just don't think that that should be happening in the public eye. Um, but really, it should. And so if they're not making those decisions where the public can see them, then yes, that makes us question, when are they figuring these things out? And why is it that they can't be um, hashed out for the public to see? Yeah, no, that that makes sense. And it, it leads me to two quick questions, if you mm -hmm. don't mind. One, how are you being treated at these meetings? And two, how is the public behaving at these meetings? Unfortunately, we see a lot of videos sure. <laughs> online of terrible school board meetings. Uh, I'm grateful that we haven't seen anything like that here in Dubois. Yeah, um, do you think it's a safe environment and are you being treated well? Yeah, I do think it's a safe environment. Um, we've never had any issues with parents being out of control. You know, everyone's just there to speak their minds. We're not there to attack anybody. You know, we just want to have a conversation is all we're looking for. Um, so yeah, we've been grateful that there have been no, you know, security type issues at that kind kind of rate. Um, we do get frustrated, though, because the treatment we seem to receive is kind of um, dismissive. It's a little bit like, okay, we're, we're required to listen to you for two minutes, but just because we're required to do that doesn't mean we'll necessarily be kind about it or that um, we'll give you a response. And I think that's the biggest issue is we come in and we ask questions, um, but nobody wants to give us an answer uh, publicly or privately. And, you know, all we're looking for is for our questions to be answered. And the thing is, is when they're not, it just kind of agitates us further when really things could probably move along and things could be much smoother and we could work together if we came in and said, hey, we want to know what's going on with XYZ and they could just say, sure, here's what's going on and problem solved and we can move on. But when it's just ignored, it makes it so much harder to, to move along and be able to work together. No, that makes total sense. Uh, when we come back, we're going to ask you one more question. Contact on Connect FM is brought to you in part by our friends at Lifespan Family Services, located in the Dubois Mall for local adoption and foster care services. Hi, folks. Are you having problems with your child at home? Is their behavior a problem? Are you at your wit's end? If so, call us for more information. Community County Services. We provide family-based mental health. Call for information at 371-8066. We work to help you keep your family together in a healthy way. Community County Services, 371-8066. Welcome back to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement, live in studio with Deidre Brown, who's giving us an insight into the Dubois Area School District board meetings. Uh, Deidre, thanks again for coming in and taking all these questions. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate the chance to clear my name. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you've done that, and I think you've shown that uh, you're definitely a, just a concerned parent and yes. somebody who's well qualified to speak into that. You don't have to have the qualifications to be concerned at the Dubois Area School Board, but right. somebody who brings those qualifications, I think, makes a big difference as well. So I appreciate you coming in and uh, being honest and open and willing to take those hard questions. Of course. I know we've asked some tough questions about the Dubois Area School Board. I know I've told you this. I think Wendy Benton, our superintendent, does a great job. I think her staff works hard. I think if you're a school board member, 
you deserve some kind of special award because yes. I think it's one of the toughest jobs in America. And but from your perspective, what are they doing right? Yeah, um, you know, I've been to a lot of board meetings now over the past year, so I've had a lot of opportunity to observe what they do and, you know, what they do well and what they struggle with. And um, something that has really stood out to me about the board and, you know, those in leadership is there have been a few opportunities where students have been able to come in to present different things that they've accomplished or worked on. Um, for example, some like athletic awards or the robotics team. Um, there were some kids who wrote and published a book and Wendy came in and read the book to the board, things like that. Um, and when those opportunities come up and the board gets to see what the kids are doing and learning and accomplishing, they just absolutely beam with pride. I mean, they're just so excited to see what the kids are doing. And you can tell they genuinely care about them. Um, and so to see that even if we have difference of, differences of opinions, you can tell the goal is the same, that they just want to see the kids succeed. And so I really appreciate that. With yes, them. and I completely agree with you on that. I think they do want to just see our school district succeed. I know I've talked to Wendy and others about that. Totally committed to that. Thank you for joining us today, Deidre. I hope to see you all here next week on Contact on Connect FM.